the uh, words that kept ringing in my heart are, are you a hearer of the word or a doer of the word? From the second reading, letter of St. James. If there's something I've learned in my 14 short years as a priest, in my 41 short years as a human being, about love, joy, happiness, faith, it's all about doing something. You have to choose to love. You have to choose to believe. And the more you choose it, the stronger it becomes. And in fact, the harder the choice, the more ingrained it gets in your heart. Some people are always like, you know, why does this have to be so hard, this religion thing? Well, it's because God is training us. He's making us stronger. Jesus talks about it in the, in the gospel today. He says, these people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They're hearers of the word, but they're not doing anything about it. Because here's the deal, you guys. It's really easy to come here, listen, and go home and do nothing. That's easy. What's difficult is to take what you hear here and then apply it into your life. You can know everything you want about the Christian faith. But if you never act on it, it will never have an effect in your life. The great philosopher Aristotle took this whole principle of what James is talking about. And he talks about a philosophical principle called the principle of self-actualization. Okay? It's a big philosophical term. All it means is, is you choose who you become. We are not, we, we are self-determining individuals. We call the shots. And so if you get old and you're, you know, this old, faithful, loving, joyful, happy, excited about life, old person, you chose it. Now, yes, God's grace, all that stuff, but you chose when it was very difficult to still believe. You chose when you weren't happy to choose happiness. Wow. (laughs) But it works the opposite way, too. If you choose to be an old, crotchety, angry, frustrated old person, it's your fault because you chose it. They asked St. Thomas Aquinas, how do you become a saint? He responded in the most simplistic terms. He said this, you will it. You choose it. James says today, be doers of the word, not just hearers. He's saying, let the faith impact everything. Every choice you make, don't just listen to it. Let it factor into everything in your life. Now, in order to be a good doer of the word and not just to hear, I think you need to know what stops you from doing what our faith asks. I think there's two major blocks. The first one is the constant search for happiness in the material world. In your work, your money, your success, your toys, you name it. People waste so much energy on things that they know can't make them happy. We waste so much of life and we get so distracted and we want to stay distracted so we never have to think about really matters. And because we're so distracted, we're not watching carefully how we live. And we're investing in the wrong stuff. I want to do a little time travel experiment with you, okay? We're going to go back to the 90s. I know not many people want to go back to the 90s. We're going to go back to the 90s. 
If you knew what you know now about Apple and Google, would it have been a wise decision in the 1990s to invest in Apple and Google? Yes, it would have. Thank you. Whoever shouted that, I appreciate that. Would it make any sense whatsoever? Because there were other big software companies at the time, right? IBM, Lennox, uh, Ashton Tate. These. Would it make any sense at all to give them even a dollar of your money? No. This is not rocket science, okay? You guys are like, uh... From a purely world standpoint of view, it would make no sense to give them a dime. It would make all the sense in the world to give every dollar you have to Apple and Google. Here's the question. You and I know we're made for eternal life. Right? That's why we're here. You're in this church. Why are we not living like that? Why are we investing in this life when we know it's a bad investment? We know it! We have eternal life and we don't invest in it. We invest so much of our lives in this world and for what? You get to the end of your life and you have a million, millions of dollars. Who cares? Who cares? So what? You're 80, 90 years old? I'm a millionaire. Who cares? You're going to die. That's kind of rough, but I mean, it's true. What did you do with that money? How did you help people? What change did you affect in the world? That's what matters. You guys, it is crazy to think about the fact That you and I can lose eternal life simply by living foolishly. Not doing anything evil. Just living foolishly. Investing in the wrong stuff. And and we know it, and I'm going to show you how we know it. Two examples. One, maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody you know. But somewhere in your life, there is a marriage that has fallen apart. And maybe it wasn't because there was nothing evil. There was no sin. There was no... It was just foolish investing. The husband invested more in work than he did in his wife and his children. The wife invested more in her children than she did in her husband. It was nothing evil. It was just foolish. Or how about this one? Parents who are so frustrated about how their children turned out. Maybe they didn't do anything evil. They were just foolish. They gave them too much. Made their life too easy. Didn't make the faith a priority. Whatever. You can... And here's the thing. I am so sick of hearing, so don't ever say this when I'm around you. I hate hearing this from parents. I just want my kids to have it better than I had it. I have a good friend, he was, we were sitting talking and a guy said that and he's like, oh, I know what you mean. You mean like you want to be a better dad than your dad was. You want to spend more time with your kids than your dad did. You want to have, you know, more camping trips and, and you, want, you want to just invest in your children more. And he's like, no. 
And he's like, oh, oh, I know what you, you want them to have more stuff. You want them to have more money. You want them to have a nice house. You want them to be comfortable. That's what you mean when you say, I want them to be have it better than I. You guys, we have been doing this now for decades. It's not working. It's making weak, soft, pathetic humans. And it sure as heck isn't keeping people in the church. Now this is going to sound crazy, and maybe I am crazy. But when it comes to investments, why leave your children anything? I'm serious. Why give them anything? I did a quick Google search. You know that company from the 90s? (laughs) I did a quick Google search. Check this out. More than half. 53% of young people ages 16 to 25 believe their parents are going to leave them all of their inheritance. How do you think they're living? Think they're working hard? Think they're investing for the future? You know what I think? I think they're sleeping in and they're playing video games and they're just waiting. Turns out, one out of three baby boomers who received an inheritance spent it in two years. And it wasn't on charities. The younger generation is banking on money just being there. You know, my mom left me a small inheritance when she passed. Did I need it? No. Why? Because my mom taught me the work ethic that I needed in my life. She invested wisely. What are you investing in? Did you know in the past three years that I've been here, we have had only two bequests to this parish. What does that mean? Only two people have left something in their will to St. Joseph's Parish or St. Joseph's School. You know how many funerals we've done? Over 150. What are we investing in? Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying, forget about your kids, give your money to the church. What I am saying is be wise in how you invest. Money, money has never fixed problems. Money, most of the time, makes things worse. What we need is to invest in our families and make them holy. Give them a work ethic. Force them to be good. To work at it. The reason I bring all this up is because we as a nation are investing in the wrong things. And we know it. We're living so foolishly. Look at the fruit. We have the most selfish, self-centered society maybe to ever exist in this country. Why? Because all we know is money. I had a guy who died, this was a while back, and I said to him, a week before he died, he died at 50 years old, from pancreatic cancer, I said to him, I said, if you could change one thing in your life, what would you change? On a dime. He said, Father, I would work half as hard as I worked, and I would take all that extra time, and I would give it to my family. He got it. It took death, but he got it. We need to start investing in our faith and in our families. 
and forget about the world and its lies. My brother has a great line. He said the most sacred word next to God is family. And yet look at our families. Broken. The second thing, our ego. Getting your way. You need to kill that. That is the biggest thing that stops us from being a doer of the word. Because the word says, live differently. And the ego says, live for yourself. The sooner you figure out, and I figure out, that this world is not about you. It's about everybody else. The happier we're going to be. And the people who are remembered, the great stories of our history, are those that didn't get their way. They're the ones that gave everything. That sacrificed. That didn't give up when it was difficult. That fought till the end. Even if it meant giving their life. Their lives. And because I got to quote the Lord of the Rings. I know I quote it a lot, but I'm going to quote it one more time. There's this beautiful line. When Sam and Frodo are on Mount Doom, they're trying to destroy the ring. They fi- everything is falling apart. They feel like they're defeated. And Frodo's like, Sam, I can't go on. And Sam looks back and he says this. It's like the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know how they'd end. Because how could they end happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. And when it does, a new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those are the stories that stayed with you. That meant something. Even if you were too young to understand... But I think I do understand. I know now, Mr. Frodo. Folks in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, but they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. They believed that there was some good in this world. And it was worth fighting for. If there is ever a time in our lives that we need this to come to fruition, it is right now. You and I hate the world that we're in. I hear complaints left and right. You know what? We were made for this. This is when the church thrives. When she is not comfortable. When she's persecuted. You and I weren't made for comfort. We weren't made for the American dream. We were made for greatness. And greatness demands sacrifice. And so be a doer of the word. Not just a hearer. Make the choice every day to focus on your faith, your friends, your family, and die to yourself. Don't grow soft. But push back against this world of indifference. I want to use a quote from C.S. Lewis. I hope, I hope I can apply these words to my life. He said this. My hope is that when I die, all hell will rejoice. Because I'm finally out of the fight. That's what I'm talking about. That's a doer, not just a hearer. You and I have the opportunity to change this mess. But we have to choose it. And we have to choose it every single day. God, give us the grace to not just hear your word, but to act on it.